Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. Episode 18-5. How you doing? My name is <laughs> my name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Every week we hang out and listen to great video game music of all consoles and all generations. And this week is no different. We have some amazing tunes today. Well, speak for yourself. I went weird on this, so it could go. It could go either way. I know. I know. This is one of our um, one of our experimental episodes. Yes, and in the sense that, like, I came up with the topic, mm-hmm. but put no thought into what it meant. So when I threw it to Rob, he did what he does, and I did what I do eventually. <laughs> And we came up with our own picks, but the actual topic itself is what is it now? We are is Capcom Chaos. Was was this from a listener suggestion, or did you just shoot it at me one day? I just thought of it one You're day. Like, Capcom Chaos. I think I was uh, having a thing for alliteration at the time. Yeah, and I was just like Capcom Capcom Chaos. That's two C's. <laughs> I can work with that. I like it. I like it very much. I feel like that's, that's become a big thing. Like I write, I write a hate poor player review, and it'll be like every paragraph, every couple paragraphs, I'll have like a header for it, mm. and I'm always like, how many words can I link that start with the same letter? <laughs> you know? I no, I have noticed that, but like you kind of talk that way already. So it's like, oh, it's just Pernell, like just talking, like Pernell, like it's it's fine. Like maniacal mecha madness <laughs> means mean. <laughs> <laughs> Metric mayhem. It's, I don't know. To, to me, it's like it's more of like an. It's more authentic. Um, also authentic is um, tea. So I made you some black tea. Yes, because it's been it's been a day. I am I am dying here. Yeah. It's been a day it's, where it's been like thoughts haven't been the best, and work's been driving me nuts. So then I got home from work. I was like, you know, what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go punch a bag. And I went and punched a bag for a bit. Yeah, did and. I don't think I burned as many calories as I would have liked, and yet I came out of there exhausted. Yeah, like I think it was just the type of exercise they had me doing today, but it was draining. Yeah, sometimes like when you um y- your sleep isn't great, or you haven't had enough calories ahead of time, or your body hasn't like processed the calories, then when you go to exercise, you're just wiped out already, and mm-hmm. it's really hard to tell. Like, oh, is this a good exercise or not a good exercise? I mean, either way, it's good to do. Oh yeah, but. It's hard to tell, like, oh, did I get a lot out of this when you're already just wiped out? Um, I have been there a few times. I appreciate it because, yeah. like I said, it's kicking me now. Like, I had between that and, like, general bad date-itis mm-hmm. and all that, it's driving me nuts. I've been, I've been, I'm running on fumes. But there is some good news, too. Oh. I am actually reviewing my first, I think, would be called a triple-A game. A triple-A game? Yes. Does that mean you have to spend 50 hours, um, like, I'm not, Sh- I'm shooting not, down aliens I'm on another here. planet. I <laughs> let's be real here. I <laughs> but I will spend as much time as required to get a good cool. solid feel for the game. Oh, you're talking Bungie? You were talking EA? We talking, talking Bethesda? Acclaim? Bethesda? We talking Acclaim? <laughs> Codemasters? Dude, I don't mean to alarm you, but I got a real game in the works. We're talking, Actually, I can't even think of an Acclaim game right now. L- That's how long they've been going. LJN? Now L- LJN, I can think of. I got a hot. Got a hot review for that Nightmare on Elm Street on the NES <laughs> coming through. Triple a, triple a Nightmare on Elm Street. Honestly, I wish it was a triple A game because I liked that game. Um, but uh, this is Rage 2. Um, oh, okay, yeah. I've seen it advertised. I don't know what it is. I be honest, I've been playing it for a good couple of hours already, and yeah. I couldn't even tell you what it is. <laughs> it's it's I've noticed something when it comes to games that I play yeah. and review. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time they give you a plot. 
And I guess the logic is that they have to give you some narrative to link the events together. Ooh. And I get a lot of people are, are fans of these plots. But for me, I end up getting into them like, you know, I don't really care about most of these people. Yeah, it's not narrative. Like you like you like narrative first, right? Yeah. So where you're you're reading it pulls you in first, gets you to care about these people or these things, and then you're invested in the game. This is true. Right. This is a hundred percent. However, however, there are the also times where the story doesn't and this happened a lot since I started doing reviews too. Because you know you 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 have to dive in. You have to go deeper than the, I'm done already. You know. Yeah. And when <laughs> calling it quits. Calling it quits. I don't like the main character. I quit. But nah. In this case, especially what ends up happening is you get into the gameplay mm-hmm. itself, and the gameplay loop feels great. Okay. Like yeah. it's it's a it's a FPS, but it's one of those wacky FPSs where like you can do weird stuff. Mm. And mm-hmm. though it, it does attempt every once in a while to be taken seriously. It usually finds itself going back to the so I'm this guy who can like force push guys off of cliffs and okay. drive a sentient truck and yeah. it's it's a lot of fun. Like I've found myself very much enjoying it. The review itself will be I guess this episode comes out on Monday of this week because hey, you're listening to it. But um <laughs> so the review itself should be on Wednesday of this week. Okay, cool. But like I it's been good. And, and then if the, you're listening to us from the future, <laughs> that's uh May 2019. Yes. There you go. May 20 We're really bad with dates right now. It's fine. I'm going to be I'm gonna, I'm going to own if that. It, if it involves the words date, I'm bad at it. <laughs> Across oh. the board. Oh. But, like, yeah, I, I've been playing that. Um, I'm still playing Um, Our World Has Ended. Mm-hmm. I I, ha- I can't even... I don't understand. You, you want to see that one through, right? I want to see it through. You want to see what happens. But if you were to say... End. Have you ever played a game where you find that you're invested to see a conclusion? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Game of Thrones for a lot of people right now. But, well, I guess at this point it'll be done by the time this episode comes out. But... You know, you're invested in it, and then you start seeing things you don't like, like you know, like characters acting in a certain way. And you're like, oh, come on, you guys, it's been this many hours. You should have grown out of that bad behavior by now. Mm-hmm. But you still want to see the plot run through, so you deal with the stuff you don't like because you want to see that cool layer of plot get resolved. And that's happening. Whereas they'll have a sequence where, like, they'll they have like a deep, you know, revelation was like, oh wow, I've actually been hiding the fact that I'm actually an insecure such and such and such. And all the f- their friends are like, don't worry about it. I'm insecure, too. It's about working through it together. We can just be ourselves. And they have this nice, relaxing conversation with each other. And everybody comes out resolved. And then they go back to the main storyline, and they're jerks again. It's like, <laughs> well, did you learn anything? You were trapped in a computer world for two months. And you took that long to realize that you could be okay being insecure. And then you just forgot it all. He wasn't working on that in two months. He was working on, I don't know, leveling up that sword that he got. Oh, yeah. Excalibur or whatever. It was was like Climax Excalibur. Ridiculous. It's got a weird plot. Yeah. But it's it's, honestly, the story is actually kind of cool in its own (laughs) weird way. Like, it, it... it goes into some stuff involving like VR technology and augmented reality. Okay. And it's honestly, yeah. I like those elements of it. It's cool. 
But like, and aside from that, like, it's, like, it's just like a, a sea of stuff. Oh, I got to mention this last thing. I know it's like, God, geez, Pernil. No, that's fine. I posted about <laughs> it in Rhythm and Pixels chat. Like, I shared the review there. But the, the Facebook group with Rhythm and Rhythm. Rhythm and Rhythm. Rhythm is a dancer. <laughs> Pixels and chat. That's right. Pixels and chat. <laughs> Pixels and chat. Uh, oh, in, ca- in case you listen to the review proper, <laughs> the game is called For the King. If you like uh, tabletop RPG type stuff, oh, that's right. Uh, we were board talking about games, that last week, yeah. yes. Oh, I forgot I haven't mentioned it last week, but no harm in mentioning it again this week it's because good. it's that friggin' good. It's it's different in a way that I haven't. I guess I haven't played anything like it that's not a board game. Well, I think last week you said that you were you were going home to review it that night. Yeah, that's what yeah, it was. and I was like, oh, that looks really neat, and like, yeah, you should get on it too. And now you're saying. It's, it's a, solid. It's a solid, sweet cool. deal. All right. Sweet diggums. It's yeah, amazing. it looks cool. I was reviewing Shakedown Hawaii alongside it, and I'm like, you know, that's not the gym. This is the gym. <laughs> that's all. I like. If I if I ever get like two games at the same time, I tend to like kind of fade one out because one usually like, oh, I'm really much more into this one, and I'm, I'm not giving this other game a fair shake because it's like, oh, well. It's not this game. <laughs> I'm the same way. Yeah. And the sad it's totally, part is it's like... It's totally not fair. Totally not fair. Oh, no. The problem is anyway. when, when, when the review kick happens, though, like, you almost can't do that, but you mentally kind of want to. So what you're doing is you're like, I'm putting in the time, but while you're doing it, you're kind of like, I really want to go back to For the King. Yeah. That's what I want to be doing right now, <laughs> but I got to be fair. But, man, jeebus. Now I just need some more Capcom games to do, but honestly, I don't know what Capcom's doing these days. Who knows? I'll tell you what, though. This episode's all about the crazy, crazy Capcom. Actually, I'm curious to see what you would, what you took it to mean with the Capcom carousel. Yeah, so I took it to mean anything weird, like arrangements of tracks that were in ports of their game on different systems, like so games that were released on the PlayStation then came out on Game Boy or 3DO versions of things or even like um, like a remix album like a weird arrangement album that came out so oh. a little bit of bonus round material a little bit of everything a little bit of Calibre you know a little bit of Calibre this isn't like you know stage 4 from Mega Man X4 you know yeah yeah, yeah. no one no one here did that <laughs> but, well that's not what I thought that was that's not where I went with it um, I actually surprised you know, so. I didn't do that either so oh, okay cool. we're on the same page well sir are we talking odd right now it's yeah this is your this is your pick I'm glad you could come to this meeting um, the boardroom is yours all right let's get this party started uh, we, we have the um, we have the uh, Capcom owners CEO CFO <laughs> CCO I have, a, I have a number of good CIO. picks for this one. All these abbreviations that mean like 90 different things. No <laughs> one knows what we're talking about. <laughs> so for this first track... It, Take it away, Pernell. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I call this being to order. I'm going to... You can be, I'm sorry. I'm, no, 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 I'm teasing you too. I've done no. this before and I'm, I, I'm just make. I'm the only one laughing. <laughs> I am laughing internally. It's, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> so this track... Is I'm, I'm using this as a good excuse to play a game, track from this game. Yeah. It is from the game Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne. And the track is titled Dante Battle. And it's composed by Toshiko Tasaki. Hope you like it.
sorry. I, I, I didn't see you there. I was kind of dancing over here to this weird funky beat. This beat being the Dante battle from the game Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne. It's an evil dance beat. Oh, it's an evil dance Yeah, man. This, sounds, this reminds me of like KMFDM or um, Fear Factory, which is probably why I was like doing like the whole Mortal Kombat dance. <laughs> I hope what you mentioned Wipeout also. Yeah, it, like it, I think it's that like that kind of like weird It reminds me of uh, Wipeout, like from the first Wipeout game. Not not the licensed tracks or the later ones. No, I like I love the licensed music of Wipeout. Oh, I need to get back to Honestly, I'm a big fan of that series, even though I'm horrendous at it, because I'm not the best at games that emphasize, well, racing games that emphasize heavy speed. Oh, yeah. Wipeout, and narrow corridors. Yeah. Wipeout is where you have to, like, make your turn, like, four seconds before the turn happens, yeah. if you're ever going to make it at speed. And I never <laughs> Yeah, it's all. But about, I try. A lot of memorization. But now, tell me about this track, because this is cool. Is it, is it boss music? Yes, more or less. So what it is, is... uh. The game, like I mentioned earlier, Shin Megami Tensei 3. So you're thinking, what the heck are you talking about? What does that have to do with Capcom? Well, there was a period, well, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. the director of Devil May Cry was a big fan of, I want to say it was um, with Kana- um, Kazuma Kaneko, who is the demon, the main artist for those earlier Shin Megami Tensei games, and vice versa. That He's makes- a big fan of the Devil May Cry franchise. Okay, that, 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 that all tracks. So yeah. what ended up happening was they had a bit of a swap collaboration where for an expanded version of Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne, they'd had a sub, like an extra dungeon that was put in, and they also added the character Dante into the game. And he has like his own little small subplot where he's like a demon hunter in the apocalypse, hunting you down and also hunting down all the other fiends, which the fiends that you were also killing throughout the game. Hmm. So it ends up being interesting when he's eventually hunting you down and he's actually stalking you through a dungeon and you have to outrun him Ooh. as he's shooting at you and you're running away from him. And if you manage to outrun him long enough, he then just battles you flat out. And he has Ebony and Ivory as two guns. He has Rebellion, the sword. And he's just out there fighting you and your demons. But if you ultimately beat him, he joins your party. So it's you and a bunch of demons and Dante, the Demon Slayer, against Lucifer. It's pretty cool. <laughs> um... Shin Megami Tensei is wild. It Absolutely really wild. And it's somehow somehow this music really captures all that craziness. I, I feel anyway. And I also should mention in case someone's like learning this for the first time and then do this through this episode, the Devil May Cry half of the collaboration was that in Devil May Cry 3, there was a point where you gain the ability for Dante to go into what's called a demon trigger mode or devil trigger. Okay. And he becomes a demon and he can fight super powered up. Well, the design of the demon character for him and Virgil was done by Kazumi Kaneki. Hmm. So, there's your little bit of a crossover a little, footage there. A little link there. So this is this is this is Capcom chaos. Mm-hmm. Capcom's influence and connections to other games. To other games. I love it. See, that's 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 all you, because I would have I would never know these. Things. <laughs> <laughs> that's super cool. I love it. I, I love Shimigami Tensei music. Um, my music sounds nothing like this. All of my tracks are... I'm genuinely curious about how you took this topic. Personally. Okay, so I am going to start with... I gotta start super, super smooth, alright? This is Pocket Fighter. Really? So, not just the sequel to Street Fighter, not just Darkstalkers, the fighting game with, like, you know... Is this the Neo Geo Pocket the game? No, this is the one where all of the characters 
from um, Puzzle Fighter. Oh, This is where they came from. So it's tiny, chibi little versions of Capcom fighter characters duking it out. But when when they do combos, they they transform into like cartoony characters. Exactly. They look super silly. And when you knock people out, they drop gems. And you pick up the gems to power up your supers. It's super cute. It's super fun. The music is fantastic. But when... Um, um, it released an album when the um, when the official soundtrack for the Capcom Sports Club arcade game, mm-hmm. which I've never seen before. I see. Um, hold that thought. I recommend let's start your track. Okay, and then you can explain it while it's running. Okay, so this is called Nightbinder, which is outside Mackay Moonlight Dark Castle, which is the Morgan stage from Pocket Fighter, and this is from the arranged album with the Capcom Sports Club called Pocket Fighter Remix, mm-hmm. and it's composed by Isayo Abe who composed the Sagat theme from Street Fighter 2. I mean, we're already in for something <laughs> sweet. And Tetsuya Shibata.
Ooh. <laughs> oh, I thank you. Thank you so much. We love you. We got no money that was to give a, you, but we love you. That was Nightbinder or Outside Makai, the Moonlight Dark Castle, Morgan Stage from Pocket Fighter, the Pocket Fighter remix slash Capcom Sports Club arranged album composed by Isayo Abe and Tetsuya Shibata. Okay, now give us the sweet explanation of that ridiculously long title. Okay. <laughs> so there was, there is an original soundtrack to Pocket Fighter. And the music is done by, I know Isayo Abe did some of the tracks and I, Yuki... I forget her last name. She she also did the majority of the music for Pocket Fighter. Oh. It's very very good. It's very synthy and like it's very it's imagine Marvel Capcom in Marvel Capcom two. It's on that tip. Um, when um, the Capcom Sports Club when they released that official OST along like it was a double disc set and the second disc was Pocket Fighter remix and it was all arrangements of the Pocket Fighter music. Alongside oh. the music from Capcom Sports Club, because it was all the same composers and artists. That's pretty yeah. cool. And I started listening to it because I was going to play some Pocket Fighter for the for the show because I was like, oh, this is like it's a sequel of a sequel of a weird remix of a of a game. Do that, you still like, have Pocket Fighter? No, I never had it. I, I remember some someone had a uh, had a import slash maybe burn of it. Mm-hmm. But I, I've never owned it myself. I feel like that might have been what happened. Either I played someone else's mm-hmm. copy, or I used to have a burn because for some dumb reason I didn't. I wasn't big on fighters in general. Yeah, but I feel like I sh- this should have been like a fighter I would have picked up because of how wacky it it's was. So weird. It's such a weird game. It's I think it's only like two or three buttons. It's like a punch and a kick, but like it's certain combinations of things to get like really weird um, animated combos out of it. But the the arranged album on this is so cool. I, I love the weird fake saxophone and the slap bass on top of the synth bass. Oh, it's so slick. It's such a slick um, uh, combination. One day I'll need to stand next to like a slat bass or just like a, a cello mm-hmm. and see how tall it is. Oh, an upright bass, I mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just see how it compares to me standing because of how tall it is. Because every time you see a person stand next to one, they're like average height. <laughs> they are pretty big. I know. I remember they, they're pretty, like, from, from band in uh, high school, they're pretty large, but... Um, Capcom Wait, you were in band? I I was in an electronic music class that was like experimental, like they were trying it out. And so like it was me and a bunch of bandos. <laughs> so what instrument did you play? Was it just like, you know, like play electric I was, keyboards? Yeah, I was the one with like the actual like computer experience. <laughs> and so like I knew like the recording equipment and the software and the sampling. Um, but I couldn't play, you know, saxophone. I just got to picture you in the back of the class with <laughs> the teacher trying to teach him, like, well, actually, sir, if, but you, it, if you decide to pitch bend just slightly there, <laughs> you'll get a reverb sound. Like, I can't even fake the words because I don't even know. Arpeggio effect. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best I can do. I was real. I did a lot. Everything I did was, like, really rhythmic. I did, like, a lot of, like, drum programming and stuff. I had a lot of fun. And when the, when the teacher wasn't around, we would, like, the instruments were just in the room. We would just pick them up and play them. Oh, so you were doing, like, garage band type stuff yeah, in the classroom. Like, it's like, oh, I never played this before. Let's, what does this sound like? That sounds like it would be a lot of fun, honestly. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I was, re- I was really fortunate that they had that class. That teacher isn't there anymore, and, I, and actually, I don't think they have a band anymore. How do you, how did the class itself fare? Did you say it was experimental? Did they keep yeah. it around? I don't know. I don't think so. Like, did they keep it around beyond your graduation, or I at d- least at your graduation? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, like I said, I, I know the teacher isn't there anymore, and I know that ba- they don't have a band anymore. Like, there's nice. no music program. That sucks. I know that's that's our school district right now. It's a shame. 
But I was really lucky that enough people were interested to sign up for the class, and the teacher was learning with us as he was doing it. So we learned all of like the technology and, and everything behind like MIDI and all the old stuff from back in the day. Canyon baby, yeah. Like you guys want to learn how Canyon was no, written? He, he had a friend who brought in um, a Yamaha um, synth module that we plugged into the computer, and it was it was cool. It's like a module that only plays the sounds. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a keyboard on it. So you plug it to a keyboard, you can play the music on it. And so it was like a legit like sound module from Yamaha. Okay, the cheesy, the cheesy, the cheesy audience that's like clearly just like snipped into it. It's I love that too. This is a cool track. I do like it, and it makes me want to go back and play Pocket Fighter for a bit, or even maybe Puzzle Fighter, the game that I abandoned oh, many years ago. It's so much fun though. Puzzle Fighter is just fun. Yeah, just don't let me play any children because <laughs> don't I, play I, children. I yeah, I don't need that embarrassment. <laughs> I told you, you know what happened. The, the freaking like grade score ninety nine combo yeah. to me. He's like, I've never played before. Got the sad piano behind me when we're talking about it. Yeah, it was horrible. Pull me another one, Doc. <laughs> I need a drink. I gotta tell you about my my. Gotta tell you about my professional puzzle fighter days. Uh, when a six year old came in, and didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> Did the ninety nine hit my combo. My sire entourage just left me. <laughs> I thought they were. I thought they loved me. Turned out they were just there for my puzzle fighting abilities. Wow, Pernell, it looks like you've seen some uh, some things in your day. Hey, well, Doc. His name's Doc. Well, Doc. <laughs> Doc. Doc Tender. I'm only 13. I'm only 13. I'm only 13. I'm only 30 years old. Like, not a day over 65. It makes me wonder, would I feel worse if a 16-year-old beat me at Puzzle Fighter while I was 13? <laughs> I feel like the age difference there is close enough. I wouldn't even care. I feel like you're so competitive that if anybody beat you, that is true. <laughs> it'd be done. Yeah, but <laughs> you'd be I, so pissed. I guess with a kid around, if I threw the controller, I'd look uh, very childish. Well, I, had, I had to contain it. Oh, man. Yeah, that kid still has an indentation of like a Genesis controller in the back of his head. Funny thing is, ABC. If, um, if Taylor Sewell is listening to the show still these days, this happened at NecoCon R. So you might actually remember that if you dig deep enough into your psyche, your memories there. Do they still do NecoCon? They still do NecoCons. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're up to now. They're probably they probably started using like you know like Greek letters or something <laughs> to, to track it. NecoCon Alpha, <laughs> NecoCon Gamma, whatever they're whatever, doing. Yeah. But like yeah, they're, they're, the cons are still around. Honestly, the con scene as a whole blows me for blows me for loop though. Because me too. It just like I remember seeing we were at like Geekdom Con. Which was just cosplay, mm-hmm. like whatever. But they were, had people. Oh no, it was a Magfest, and they had people um, like advertising and selling tickets to Katsukon, which is like when you and I started first hanging out back mm-hmm. in like ninety nine, ninety eight. Like that's crazy. Know, dude, that was no, we 2000, were hanging out two thousand. Two thousand. Yeah, I was not even. I think it was two thousand one or two. Two and two. Down two. Down two. There we go. Mm-hmm. Memory solid. Still, like that's crazy. Like yeah, it's never going away. It's a it's it's a money making machine. And the best part is, uh, I mean, anybody who's like a, affiliated with dealing the doing conventions, let me know. Mm-hmm. But like, to my knowledge, they borderline manage themselves. Not so much in the setting them up because you mm-hmm. still have to put oh. the work of doing that. There's a lot of but the parts. The, I'm sure. Yeah, but the audience. Oh, it's keeps gonna... it going because they, <laughs> you don't really have to give them yeah. anything. And the fandom is fan, fandom as a whole, like as a thing, it's just growing and growing and growing. Because you have to question what do they really offer people anymore aside from a gathering space? Mm. Because there's it's not a matter of seeing new shows because so anime is extremely accessible now. Right, and like buying toys and things that you can't get anywhere because the no, internet you go on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. internet can take care That's of that. Wild, yeah. The artist alley, I'll admit, is okay. still has some appeal. I have noticed that 
the cons that we've been to uh, recently, like too many games and all that other stuff. Like the um, it's like the the, the dealers floor. Uh-huh. Of course, there's going to be like a lot of like the classic games dealers, but there's so many artists and like original artists and individual artists selling their own stuff, and it's awesome to see that. Yeah, to me, that's like the main appeal I that would is, get out of any yeah, of that. I'm like, oh, I want to get this thing that's related to you know. Uh, Ryu from Street Fighter but like this person does like a really crazy version of it like that's awesome like you wouldn't see that anywhere and I'll do spontaneous buys there that I wouldn't do if I was browsing our Etsy shop yeah exactly like oh well I'm here and that and, and you're person, here yeah. and you're offering me a 5% <laughs> discount see the applause the game now oh there you go yeah alright well the track's over got the applause oh, thank you thank you for now what's your next track because that, that track couldn't have been any more far different from your first one. Well, I got a surprise for you. That's about to happen again. So, okay, all right. Um, you mentioned the Morgan, so I'm going to pick a track that I feel fits this episode theme. I think I did that all three of these, or four of them, or whatever. <laughs> but um, this track is from the game, which I've actually brought up on the show a long time ago, called Cross Edge. And the track title is called Cataclysm and Oracle, and it's composed by Kaneko Kenji.
Welcome back. You're listening to Cataclysm and Oracle from the game Cross Age, composed by Kaneko Kenji. Now, this may be more of a divisive track, I'll admit, but personally, I think it's a good jam. Um, it plays as a boss theme in the game Cross Age. Yeah. And it honestly, in my opinion, gets your energy up when you're trying to deal with it because, well, you hear it. It's not, it's not light nor, it's neither light nor airy. Mm. Um, so why in the world would I pick this track for this episode? Well, Cross Edge is a game that was developed by Idea Factory, but is a crossover RPG that features characters from a number of different companies and a number of different franchises. Okay. So, for example, there's characters from the Atelier series, such as Atelier Marie. You probably, who the heck is that? Funny thing, I said the same thing back then. Um, <laughs> the Skya characters are in the game number of original characters in the game. And there's also characters from Darkstalkers in the game. Um, there's Dimitri, Felicia, Lilith. Oh, cool. Um, what's the name of that jerk? Uh, I can't remember. Donovan? Donovan? No, not Donovan. It's like a Jetta. Jetta. Um, and it's pretty much those guys. There's like one other character. Who, oh, Morgan. Morgan's oh, in Morgan. there, too. Yeah, okay. So... Game, so basically, it's interesting to see these characters interact with other characters because aside from like their in-game cinemas, they really didn't have a lot of characterization to them. Yeah, yeah. In fighting games, it's kind of like you get like in between fights every once in a while. It's like I've traveled the road fighting for my family, and then like you fight like five dudes in a row that have nothing to do with what he's trying to do. Nothing to do with it, and then like the end of the game is and you walk alone back into the field of battle and then the credits roll and you're like oh wow okay that was his motivation all along like yes it gets me back to that <laughs> earlier topic where i was like i just don't care about the plot i just want to beat guys yeah, up if, if the if the game loop and if the gameplay is like like they should just sort of you know just step back yeah, just let it happen <laughs> let it happen so when this game ended up being interesting to watch like morgan be treated like a hero character hmm. and uh dimitri and lilith are villains though lilith is sort of like a mixed villain like she's not she's kind of tethered on both ends a little more on a little more on the gray side yeah cool. and it's just cool to see how these characters all interact in this world where they're given personalities yeah. and dialogue and of course the boss battles in this game are weird in that at least for the way i was playing i was on hard mode which is required for the true ending of the game <laughs> Primal nightmare mode. premier nightmare that's right so what ended up happening was, in order to not have to grind so much, I got to the point where boss battles involved me being able to having to pull off like a really, really good combo within uh, two turns, or I would die. It but, was it was, it was at, at a high enough difficulty, and you weren't grinding enough to, to have like a normal fight that you had to like have a flawless run. Pretty much, yeah. yes. Yeah. And it was brutal too because it ended up making got to a high attack and no defense. <laughs> It's a weird method, which backfired when I got to the post game where I was like, well, now you can't do that anymore. But at least I saw the true ending, so I could be able to walk away from it. And unfortunately, the game itself, review-wise, didn't do so hot. But I got to say, even though it had a ton of flaws, I had a great deal of fun playing it. It's hard to, it's kind of hard to explain how it worked that way, but I loved the game. Would I go back and play it again? I don't know. <laughs> Like, I tried going back to play in the post-game recently, and I was this like, I was, don't know what I was doing. Was this PlayStation 1? PS3. Oh, PS3, okay. Yeah, I, I was like, could you play it again? Yeah, you, you, yeah. I mean, you don't 
you have the, you, you kept almost everything. So yeah, though admittedly, if someone's listening to this and knows a really good guy that's awesome for fixing or tending mm. to PS3 consoles, Uh-oh. my system's fine. But I'm paranoid. Like I want somebody to do like a kind of tune up <laughs> to it. <laughs> my system's fine, but my brain is crazy. Oh, you hush your fuss. Well, we were just talking. I'm saying like, yeah, you, you've hung on to a lot of your systems, a lot of your games. You came in with the Neo Geo Pocket. Yeah, which was which was the little jingle we played at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as I heard it, before we started doing the show, I was like, "Oh my god, that 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 jingle is like it just nostalgia triggered something." And oh, playing you know, bust a move and playing all those little fighting games. Crush Roller, hopefully, because Crush Roller was awesome on that thing. I remember that one. Crush Roller was that game, one of those games where you're a paintbrush that constantly moves, and you're trying to paint the map in uh, full. While also running, like avoiding like things that are trying to crush you, uh, I don't and think you're trying to crush other things. Crazy! I never played that. All, yeah, again, all I had was like I had Gal's Fighters, I had King of Fighters, I had Capcom versus SNK, and uh, Bust a Move. I didn't have a ton. Hmm. I had Puzzle Link. I had Beast of Dark Arms, Beast Buster '99. I had Biomotor Unitron, <laughs> Car Fighter Clash. Metal Slug. Yeah, I remember you playing Card Fighter Clash and showing me. And maybe it wasn't on the Neo Geo. Maybe it was another game. No, it had to be. Because I, I have it on the DS, but I don't think I've ever put it in the console. Yeah, and you, I, remember, I remember long ago, you were the one who told me, like, this game is cool. You should be into it. And I mean, being like, that doesn't look appealing to me. <laughs> it's still really Pick a good. card and play the game. That's right. Like, I Just, don't know. You can beat people up with a card <laughs> version of Mega Man and a card version of Kyo. What's not to like? <laughs> What's not to like? All right, so how about some more more music that has nothing to do with all of this heavy guitar business pronounced? Switching back and forth. Okay, this is from Super Street Fighter II Turbo Grandmaster Challenge for the 3DO. And this is a track called Ready to Fight, which is the ending theme, um, originally composed by Yoko Shimomura, and has it's arranged with vocals on the 3DO, but I couldn't figure out... Yeah, so I couldn't figure out who did the vocals and who the singer was. Um, but apparently this is also the same version that was released on the FM Towns uh, Japanese computer system. Oh, I already know this is going to sound good, man. It's going to be, it's a little crazy. So so since it was, so the FM Towns is like a Japanese-only computer system on the, onto the Panasonic 3DO, which, you know, was notorious for having some pretty... Risk, risque... Titles. Yeah, like risque as in like maybe this game is going to be crap. I don't know. Risque uh, as this is a dangerous game. I know that the uh, the load times on this game are insane. So this is interesting. This is Ready to Fight, uh, composed by Yoko Shimomura, Yoko Shimomura, and arranged by Unknown.
All right, if you're not standing up in your chair right now, man, I don't know if this song hasn't gotten to you. Oh, that. <laughs> what was this again? This was from, <laughs> okay. This was Ready to Fight, which is the ending theme to Super Street Fighter II Turbo Grandmaster Challenge for the Panasonic 3DO. Um, this was originally by Yoko Shimomura, but it was arranged for the 3DO and for the FM Towns. And on the 3DO version, apparently had Japanese and Eng- English sort of lyrics. So, Pranel, I have one thing I have to say to you. What? <laughs> Don't forget to try to do the best that ever will begin. Ready, set, go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was... I felt this in my bones. Like I, oh, yeah. to put in perspective here, um, the timing of you picking this track couldn't have been better because over the last week or two, I've actually been getting back into like that '90s J-pop sound. Yeah, yeah. So '90s J-pop for me never made sense as to what the deal was for me. Like I would listen to it, and I was a teenager, and I would listen to it. Mm. I felt embarrassed. Like <laughs> not only is it pop. Which is already embarrassing for me, but right. it's pop that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And yet, the fact that I didn't understand it mm-hmm. made it easier to digest. It's almost like you can appreciate it as as an, as a as an acoustic, not as acoustic. It's but, another instrument. Yeah, yeah, it's just another instrument. And when you're listening to, it, you're just like you're kind of bopping your head, and you smi- and you can't help but smile to it. Like, it's instrumental. Listen- instrumental. Oh my gosh. Like I've been listening to uh Pink Sapphire again recently, mm-hmm. which is a um, they were a nineties J pop band that I liked a lot. And also the old for anyone who knows like classic anime, the Cat Girl Nuku Nuku OST, which mm-hmm. had a lot of songs by Megumi Hayashi Bar on mm-hmm. it. Uh a lot of sounds like a lot of sound that resembles this. Oh yeah, like early, like mid late nineties like Japanese pop music. There's like it's almost like a re- not a re- like it's like a rediscovery of it on YouTube of people uploading these. It's called City Pop Records oh. um, in Tokyo. I think it's a, a label, but they have this kind of sound, and they're 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 just coming up on YouTube in like these big compilations, and they're really cool. Did you ever watch Bubblegum Crisis back in the day? I know I've seen some episodes, but it wasn't something I ever got into. I'll bust that. Is, is, is this kind of like that? Well, what it, well, if I remember correctly, in addition to being the heroes that they were, mm-hmm. one, if not all of them, were also like, I want to say they were like a pop They were pop, pop idols or something. Because I know That's at the cool. beginning and end of, well, not the beginning, but the end of every episode, they had an original song, like an original pop song that would play. Hmm. And there oh, were wow. some ridiculously <laughs> catchy ones, like Chase the Dream was my favorite ones. Um, but there was just a number of just great tracks that to this day have stuck with me. Now, I never got into the later attempt to make it modern. I was like, Bubblegum Crisis 20-some stupid futuristic game. Yeah, I remember seeing that, yeah. But the classic Bubblegum Crisis mm-hmm. was the was the bee's knee. It was legit. And, again, hearing songs like this, imagine growing up as an inner-city black kid, and you're walking down <laughs> yeah. the street with this coming out of your headphones, and someone stops you and goes, Yo, man, what you listen to? You're like, Will Smith. Oh, um, my radio just the dial just turned on its own. I don't no, know what. Oh this no! Is. Oh no! They don't hear it because I'm not giving them my headphones. Oh, I see. I see. I'm like, oh yeah, man, Will Smith. Yeah, whatever new thing he did, you know, awesome stuff. Big Willie Gangsters Paradise. All right. Digital Underground. See you later. <laughs> Gotta go. And someone's listening just right now. It's like Digital Underground. Jesus, Pernell. Oh man, I have an album of there. <laughs> it's it's got instrumentals from. Um, what's the big one they did? Uh, the Humpty Dance? Yeah. 
But it's God, mean, it was a terrible song. But, but we liked it. But it's mainly the the single of um, Sex Packets. It's like four albums. It's like four remixes of that track. It's really it's it's really adult. <laughs> it's and, and and immature at the same time, as you would imagine. Um, I just realized something. I'm I'm doing all these workouts now. This is what I should be working out to. Yeah, what are they playing at the gym? Because like I realize they have a Spotify playlist. Okay. Oh, so they have their own like okay their own Spotify yeah, playlist is always that. like t- generic like not generic but uh typical popular like okay. R and like rock and like R and not so even R people like, like rock and R and but it's like mainly like like current pop type stuff. Yeah, current okay. pop and rock music. Because I used to walk by. The CrossFit over on the on the riverfront, mm-hmm. and like they'd be blasting, just blasting out of the gym, um, classic rock, and like that is this like annoying like like hair metal stuff that I, I've never been into, and I'm like, oh, that would drive me insane. Makes me want to come up with a playlist and then go on and hand the the, mm-hmm. the man the monitor five dollars, like hey, step back, I got <laughs> well, this. They'll change their OST. Like what the heck is this crap? The last gym that we went to, um, uh, for the Goju Karate place. Um, every workout was just like old school hip hop, but like sped up a little bit. <laughs> Is that a topic idea? Ooh, all right. Yeah, workout music? Yeah, buddy. Because that, that was, this was like 90s aerobics <laughs> workout music. I would throw down to this. All right, what's your final track? All right, so my final track for this episode, because uh, now I think I know what, I think I'll like make the last one like the end game track, because mm. it seems like it would be a better fit. So this track is actually from another game called Cannon Spike. And it is Ooh, yeah. the third boss theme from the game. And I just realized I have no idea who composed it. I should figure that out. <laughs> well, we'll find that out while the song's playing. But this is the third boss theme? Yes. Cannon Spike for the Sega Dreamcast. Welcome back. You're listening to the third boss theme from the game Cannon Spike, composed by I don't know which individual did it, so I'm going to name everybody: <laughs> Masaki Izutani, Toshia Kobayashi, Kaori Kumakura, and Kinsuke Sato. <laughs> so, Cannon Spike was one of the many games that people would likely reference when you talked about the weird titles that would show up on the Dreamcast. This is a weird one. It's a very it's weird game. Very different. You got Cammy from Street Fighter running around on rollerblades. Yep. You got King Arthur, or just Arthur from Ghouls and Ghosts, mm-hmm. running. Just I can see he just runs. Right. He just runs. And then you had uh, uh, Mega Char- Man. Mega Man. You had Charlie from Street Fighter. Uh huh. Anybody else? Bonnie Hood or BB Hood? Oh, BB Hood was in that. Yep. Oh, cool. Well, she had. She was. She was strapped already. She had like. like she came. <laughs> yeah. She had all the guns already. 
And the game itself, like, all these characters were in this game, mm-hmm. and yet there was no real plot. There was no reason for any of them to be here. Yeah. And Giant it, robots shooting at you, and you just run around and shoot back. Yeah, <laughs> and, it, and even the transitions made no sense. Like, there'd be a level. All the levels usually involved you being on one screen that would pan in and out, and enemies would come from all sides, typically. Yeah. And... You got a normal attack. Yeah, it's like a su- two super moves, and that may well have been it. And after you killed every enemy on the screen, the screen would go black, and they would just transition you to a whole other screen where you'd fight the boss of the stage. Hmm. So, and that would involve a number of weird things. Like I remember the, one of the levels that this boss being played on. It was like three robotic brothers. <laughs> and you had to fight each brother individually. And then another level, you were snowboarding down a mountain, fighting a giant machine. Why I? Whatever. But what I do know is that it was a ridiculous amount of fun to play. However, in my lifetime, it was another one of my tragic so EB has a t- so Electron's Boutique has a ten day return policy. Yep. I'm gonna exploit it. Failure stories because Yeah, because we would return the games and then get something else and then we would never have this one in our collection ever again in the future. Yep. And now this is like gone forever. It's hard to find because it's expensive to buy unless I'm forgetting something. But when I would last I checked, this is not a cheap game to get yeah, on the second-hand market. Not something Capcom's about to re-release because it's so strange and all of the franchises are so it's disparate. S- it's sad, too, because yeah. this would be perfect cool. for the present-day society. Because like the reason why I returned it is because it was a full retail release, Yeah. but the game itself is really short. Super short. Yeah, it was all a lot of big boss fights, but even though we're not that, that long. Yeah, like yeah. The, all the length, the longevity of the game was in using different characters mm-hmm. and also just not dying because the game got really <laughs> hard on like the last three stages or so. Yeah. But it's still musically is spectacular. Gameplay-wise, it's simple but very fun, and it's just friggin' weird. Chaotic, one might say. Yeah, no, very chaotic. This this game is bonkers. Mm-hmm. It is it is wild the amount of stuff that happens on the screen. I remember like not being able to follow it all and, and not being into it when it came out. But now I, I wonder if I would have the same issue now. I think you'd like it. I don't know. Like, do we get better at video games as we get older? No, no, I don't think so. We 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 <laughs> are, are we might. I believe I believe that while our like. Our ability would get better. Like our our mm-hmm. skills, like if we were to process and analyze the situations, like mm-hmm. okay, do this now, this, this, and this, we'll get better with planning our gameplay. But reflex wise, we ultimately get worse because yeah. our brains slow down and our fingers even don't work like they used to. As corny as it may sound, no. With um with professional Street Fighter players, like a lot of younger play, like that's the big difference now is like uh, Daigo Umahara and Justin Wong. Like, they're, like, the old guard now. Like, mm-hmm. Alex Valle, um, like, they've been playing Street Fighter professionally since, like, 2, right? Or mm-hmm. Alpha or whatever. So, like, they're so much older than all of the new players now playing Street Fighter Five. So their reaction times, like, they really have to work at it to keep up with, like, okay, being able to do a super within this really tight time frame or being able to react to something that's happening super fast. But age comes with experience. Yeah. Yeah, our experience comes with all the age. So, like, they're able to read their their opponents better. They're able to memorize things faster. Like, it's it's really interesting to see different play styles from different age groups within Street Fighter. That's why I think mm-hmm. uh, if you were to, say, take a bunch of games and say, how's eSports going to work for this? I think if you took a bunch of puzzle games and strategy games mm-hmm. and lined those up as eSports games, I think the old guard would probably fare way better yes. than those because... <laughs> 
Reaction times may still be required in like a puzzle game, but overall, time is not as much of a factor in those games as it is in a fighter. So, if you want to make an esports magical drop game, <coughs> Batman. Um, though I haven't contemplated buying was they recently released Puyo Puyo Champions, which is supposed to be an esport version of Puyo Puyo. Oh, I th- I saw a Puyo Puyo on PS4. Was that the one? Yeah, I think so. Puyo Puyo Champions. Puyo Puyo Champions. Yeah, it was. Uh, I almost bought that uh, over the last weekend. It was either that or just Beats and Shapes. And I think I got the right one for me because I love that game. I'm honestly considering buying that when I get home tonight. <laughs> yeah, you came over while I was playing that. And I was like, this is crazy cool. I agree. Yeah, turn the, you, you want to turn that music all the way up. It's got Chipsel, folks. Yeah. Like, Tim, if you're listening, Chipsel's all over it. Amazing soundtrack. All right, so, all right, Pernell, you got to do me one. Um, so am I going to do old school handheld or new school handheld? Crap, that's a tough call. Yeah. Um. Well, I like, I'm always a, well, you know what? Given the nature of the episode, we've done a lot of new school, so put the old one out. Put the old one in? Okay, so this is Mega Man Extreme for the Game Boy Color. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, this is Magnus Centipede, composed by Yuki Iwai, originally for Mega Man X2, and this is arranged for the Game Boy Color by Toshio Kajino and Sayori Utsumi. Magnus Centipede from Mega Man Extreme for the Game Boy Color, composed by Yuki Iwai and arranged for the Game Boy Color by Toshio Kanjio and Sari Utsumi. I seriously feel like after listening to this track, yeah. I want to do a whole episode devoted to like quote unquote downgraded tracks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The stuff ported from other systems onto the Game Boy Color. Yes. Or Game Boy, yeah. Because fun fact, I actually knew about Mega Man Extreme 1 and 2. Skipped them both because my mindset was, why would I buy this when the Superior game is clearly the Super Nintendo game? But what that also means is that I've never heard the Game Boy OST for either of those games. Right, so game uh, Mega Man Extreme for the Game Boy Color is like a, a port of Mega Man X 1 and 2, levels of Mega Man X 1 and 2 onto the Game Boy. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, didn't, I didn't see any gameplay of it, but I listened to the soundtrack today and I was like, wow. It's so interesting how they picked different parts of the melody to be more up, more in focus with the limited um, sound channels yeah. than that was on the Super Nintendo. And it sounds really cool. Like like this opening section almost sounds kind of sad, but like you said, that little bass sound that it stands out as its own beat that doesn't even. I mean, it's obviously meant to compensate for something that's on the Super Nintendo version, but to me, oh, it's it awesome. makes it sound completely different in a way that I love. Yeah, this track on its 
own stands up on its own. It's really interesting. Like, and I honestly mm. kind of wonder. I just had to look this up later if the same composer worked on both tracks, or if this is a different guy uh. that can than what composed the original. Uh, this does remind me that it was Yuki Iwai from Mega Man X Two. Um, she worked on Pocket Fighter. Really? A lo- yeah, along with Sao Abe. Huh. Yeah. So that was that was the connection between those two games. So yeah, a lot of the Capcom composers worked on like a lot of different things, especially on the early days. Well, I gotta say, I'm a hundred percent glad I was like go with the old because <laughs> this was. I'm glad to listen to this. Yeah, um, man, we might have like we might release some extra like tracks like on Facebook or something. Be like, hey, this is other stuff we wanted to pick for today's show because we had a lot of crazy stuff. And I can definitely say that. Um, <laughs> you looked I, behind me and I was like, oh crap! What, what is that? <laughs> it was a moth. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, so. I didn't play Mega Man Extreme, but I was a major fan of the Game Boy regular Mega Man games. Yeah. So, similar logic behind those. They Every Mega Man Game Boy game combined bosses from two of the games in the NES lineup. Right. Which meant that you got a weird hodgepodge of boss weapons and weaknesses between, mm-hmm. you know, on each game. So, it made them almost feel like new games. In fact, um, I had my first exposure to Mega Man 5 bosses... Because of the Game Boy Mega oh, Man 4. Okay. Because I had never played Mega oh, that's Man really 5 at that point. Now, back when my um, really early episode, we did like our Mega Man boss battle. Which, for the record, I would like to redo that. <laughs> um, the last track of that episode, my cousin Mike, he gave um, he gave us, it was like, I think it was uh, Iceman or Cold, what's his name? Iceman? Cold Man? Iceman. Well, both of those are real Mega Man bosses, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> There's Iceman, there's Colt Man, there's the Chill Man. Iceman's the original. Iceman, yeah. It was Iceman. No, it was Elect Man. It was Elect Man, um, his theme but for the Game Boy. But it was it was arranged differently on the Game Boy, even though it was like almost... It's, it's nearly... It could be considered, you know, composed as identical hardware, but it was completely different. Yeah, they all sound... I mean, at least in the most... At minimum, they sound slightly different, but it's yeah. different enough there. It's like... It added you, like you different, little, them. different little bits to it or extra percussion. It's It's really cool. So, anyway, I'm going to turn this track down, and we're going to get into the part of the show we call the bonus round. Bonus round. Bonus round. Bonus round. Bonus round. Time to listen to some tunes. The bonus round is your chance to do the Humpty Dance. (laughs) (laughs) Time to do the dance. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, the bonus round is the part of the show where we normally play covers and remixes and arrangements based on our theme. We've been doing a lot of different weird covers and arrangements already on the show. So I am, again, really curious about what you've got for I, the bonus round. I admittedly went fairly simple with this one. I went with a track that I am a fan of primarily because I originally heard it, not in normal context of my my usual stuff, but like I learned about it because some of their tracks are in a video game that I used to play at the arcade called Crossbeats. Oh, okay, yeah. From this album, and the album is it's called We Are Rockman. Um, in this case, We Are Rockman 2, and it is the Napalm Man stage remix done by Masahiro Aoki on this album. Okay. It is really good. On Crossbeats. It's also on Crossbeats, but it's from this album. Okay, cool. Let's listen.
Well, that was a solid track that I could clearly see looped or easily see looped ad nauseum indefinitely. And I wouldn't <laughs> even I would not even care. What the heck was that? It was the Napalm Man stage remix done by Masahiro Aoki from the We Are Rockmen 2 album. So, like I said earlier, the way I learned about this album was because in the game Crossbeats, there is, if I remember correctly, it was the, well, you almost would know already just by virtue of what's the most popular friggin' Mega Man song that should not be the most popular. Um, Dr. Wily's Stage 1 from Mega Man 2 right. from this album is on that game. So, made me want to go and listen to the rest of the album. And of course, this is a standout because even though... Oh, Napalm Man wasn't in the game, nope. but it was... You recognize, like, oh, there's a whole other... There's a whole album. ...album of this music, because you went and sought the album out. Yes. And then you heard this track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, uh, Mega Man 5 has got some amazing music. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, it's never been my... I wouldn't call it my favorite Mega Man game, even mm-hmm. though it still has some really cool stages in it. Yeah. But I feel like if I were to go pound for pound on, like, lining up every track in the game and compare it to others... It yeah. may be my favorite comp- composition in the Mega Man Classic series. Yeah, I think I think for me too. Like when you look at you know the Game Boy ones and the, the NES games, I think five for me musically is like I think it's my favorite. You got Gravity like, Man, you got Wave Man, you I got mean, Napalm. I, you, ended, like, you just ended on Gravity Man. I think that just that for me like that's the best. It yeah. just stops like Gravity Man. Full stop. Mm-hmm. All right, so my track is from Street Fighter 3 Third Strike, the online edition that came out um, five, six years ago. I guess maybe longer than that. Originally on the Xbox 360 and PS3. Um, This is music. This is the opening menu theme. I believe it's also composed by Hideki Okugawa, who did the original music. But instead of um, being a remix of the opening theme, it's a completely new song called Knock You Out. And this Mama is, said, "Yeah, it's this is like get up and put your hands up in the air and like you know fists up in the air and like get all excited." Um, is not well. The the vocal credits are to a, a Swedish rapper named Adam Tensta, and I don't I don't believe that's the original um, rapper from from the from Third Strike. But this is knock you out the menu theme. Mama said, "Let me from, <laughs> Mama said every time I'm like I'm just what's thinking that's what comes from uh, Third Strike Online Edition." Knock you out. I won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was tight. I was tempted though. Welcome to the world of Street Fighter 3. Prepare for battle. Knock you out. In the stare of myself in the mirror. And the noises around me fear. No fear for my health. Never give up. Though the voices around me say. It's a long shot, it'll never happen They put their money on that as they laughing I know I'm up against the best But we fighting in the streets Left, right, right, left Don't want it This is what I live for right here You think I go for it's a light split Like I don't know what this life is yeah. Think again cause I want no hype is Never what they painted up to be And the underdog is evidently yeah. The one who got more to win I'ma make it taste the brown, here's my hot little king You know what they say The third strike is what counts 
This is what I spill my blood for. Always be your up early mornings. Every day, even when I wasn't up for it. So you see, you don't need to believe. Either way, you were our enemies. As I travel around the globe and I go against you, that's my fighting code. Yes. Now you know what my intentions are. Uh -huh. And you know that I came from afar. Yeah. But if you study my style, cause I study yours and I know who you are. I know you. And I know all your weaknesses. And the eye of a needle is exactly what I came to do. True. And I ain't leaving till I beat you, I ain't here to lose. That is it's over. Knock you out. The menu theme from Street Fighter 3 Third Strike Online Edition, composed by Hideki Ukugawa with vocals by Adam Tensta. Um, not Infinite from the uh, the artist Infinite from the original Third Strike series. I gotta say, I'm, I have to admit to a bit of shame in being the guy who was like, is that the guy from the other one? <laughs> it sounds similar. But... Well, it's like, oh, is a guy rapping about playing Street Fighter. Like, it's I gotta be the same guy. <laughs> raps about street fighter no, when no I one when i first downloaded online edition and put and you, you turn it on and this song plays it's just it gets you so pumped to play street fighter it's just it's so exciting there's something to be said mm. when about the right song being used as an intro to a game yes like when you pick it when a company picks a song that's so good that you actually don't skip the intro when yeah. you boot the product up i listen to it all the way through that's success all the way up to where he goes resurrection <laughs> i love that well so for more information on the bonus round part of our show go to rhythmandpixels.com um, we have links to band cams and soundcloud pages and, and everywhere where you can download the music buy the music and support the artists spam cam Thanks for joining us on episode 18-5 of Rhythm and Pixels, our Capcom Chaos episode, where we played music Capcom-related, games that were related to Capcom somehow, we Capcom just franchises. Some music. We had some crazy stuff today, all we, over the board. We reached into a sack and pulled some music out. It was good. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a little bit of a grab bag, is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Grab bag. But it was a good grab bag. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really proud of the music that I found. I'm really, really happy with what I, what I found for the show. And I'm still not sure how people will take to the music I picked. 
but I still enjoy picking it at all. I liked it. I mean, you have like a lot of heavy guitar, a lot of like strong melodies with like violins and stuff, and the heavy like guitar solos. And then I'm, I'm, it's always a crowd pleaser. Come on. And the funny thing is, like, I thought about putting this earlier in the show, but I was like, but then I'd want to play these other tracks, and I don't think any of those would have been good for the close of the show. Yeah. But this one, this is solid. Yeah. The rest of mine, I might, I might post up somewhere else, but yeah, this is from the Neo Geo Pocket Color game. Capcom versus SNK Card Fighters Clash, but this is for the link mode. So this is when you're actually linking up with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Back when you had to have two copies of the same game, two systems, and a cord. Remember those days? I don't want them. And yeah, turn them on at the same time. Yeah, it makes me sad because yeah, like, you, know, you know all your friends who had the Neo Geo Pocket. Yeah, all one of them. <laughs> and that friend did not have Card Fighters. That was no, you had one too. Yeah, but was, we weren't hanging out back. It then. was Katsukon. And it was as soon as I got there, someone, I saw someone else had it. And I was like, this is the only place in like the world that I know someone's going to have the same game and system. And right there, we played uh, some fighting games. It was cool. The funny thing is that uh, one of my con friends, and wouldn't be surprised me if it's the same guy you're referring to, and you don't even realize I don't, it. Yeah, I don't even remember. But his name is Stefan. He's a old, old friend of mine that I met back in my early con days. And uh, he's big in the fighting games and SNK type stuff. And mm-hmm. also, of course... He had a Neo Geo Pocket, and fun fact, him and, and some of the people in our in that PA circle will still bust out Neo Geo Pockets for versus mode in Pennsylvania when they have like their game meetups. Oh, no kidding. Oh, yeah. like uh, Every year, like, hey, oh, I the, get invited to it. It's like, hey, Pernod, bring your Neo Geo Pocket oh, the, color. The, this is the Neo Geo, the the Neo Neo Geo, Geo party. The Neo Geo party. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Pernod, bring your Neo Geo Pocket color, and I always forget. I'm like, crap, I brought my Switch, though, and I don't even use it because we're playing uh, like freaking Atomus Wave and... I was like going to say, drop three turns. Yeah, that, that weird dolphin metal slug game. It's so good, <laughs> it's though. Crazy. It's so good. Well, um, actually, on um, another VGM podcast, the XVGM Radio, they did a whole episode dedicated to that game. It made me happy to see yeah. that, too, because it's one of those games where I only learned about it because of that party, mm. and I didn't know of anyone else outside of that room that had heard of it. I've only have ever heard of it because of Eight on the Break up in New Jersey. Oh, they had it? They had it, yeah. I was up there for some DDR tournament. And there's a couple guys who just were like, you know what? Not playing the tournament. They dropped like $20 in quarters and said, we're finishing this game. That sounds about right. Because <laughs> and that's the, what they did. Those last boss alone just drinks your money. I was like, this game looks cool. How was it? And he's like, it was, it was expensive. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's a lot of attacks that are just cheesy and yeah. damn near impossible to dodge. It's a cool game. And it's also one of those games where you can't hold the button <laughs> to fire. So you're mashing it. And you're yes. like, my thumb hurts. I do remember hearing the button getting like mashed a whole lot. So I probably wrecked the machine. There's some, there's some serious cruelty to that by the way when a company's like you know we're gonna we're gonna make you press the button for every shot yes how many bullets does this boss take about 500 <laughs> that's just the boss it took many presses to get there too mm. and yet those springs never let up they could take the pressure and keep on firing well if you would like to you know keep on up with us why don't you send us an email and say hello <laughs> at rhythm and pixels at hotmail.com. That was the smoothest segue. It really was. It was yeah. Yeah, so if you... Ah, crap, I should have let you get to... Now your ego's up. Crap! <laughs> no! Oh, I'm so good at this. <laughs> Finally. Um, no. Uh, yeah, so if you are if you would like to um, send us tra- like track recommendations or episode topic recommendations, or if you're in a band, or if you know someone who's in a band and you'd like for us to know about it, please let us know. Um, if uh, you want more information about our show a full track listing from all the episodes, um, access to download all the episodes, and everything else that we're doing, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. Yep, everything is right there for you. 
Um, you can also go to all the social media outlets. On Facebook, we have a group called Rhythm and Pixels Chat. And you can see us on Twitter and you can see us on Instagram and everywhere else. It's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. Go to youtube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. We have um, episodes that are released or are going out there too. If that's where you listen to podcasts, maybe um, you can do that there. And we also have a 24-7 radio station of 8-bit and 16-bit classics. Spoiler and alert, it's the bee's knees, it's baby. pretty awesome, so go check it out. YouTube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. And if you'd like to support the show, um, you can go to Patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. Um, and there you get um, access to live streams of us doing the show. Every, every month. month. Every month. And we suggest ridiculous games for Rob or I to try to play. We yeah. won't guarantee, but we sure as heck try. Yeah, we try to play. We'll try to play handheld games during the show. We crack jokes at each other. Um, it's a fun time. Eat so, hot peppers. We also like to thank all of our um, Patreon subscribers at the end of every episode. So we like to thank that Nick Walker, Alex the Messenger, Messenger, Steve Miller, the Autistic Gamer eighty nine, Cameron Werma, Christopher Shenstrom. Damian Beckles, Bobby Arson from the band One Up Funk, uh, Wicked Sephiroth, OK Impala, <laughs> exclamation. Uh, Carlito, Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, Henrik Anderson from the Commodore 64 Camouflage podcast, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound version podcast. Speaking of which, Michael Bridgewater hit me in the head yeah. with a mix from the from the UK. He sent me an album. Oh yeah, of tracks of his. Now I got to get off my lazy tookus and com- compile my music album to send it back. Send him some American stuff. Well, I got a feeling <laughs> that a lot of my junk will be from the UK too. <laughs> so it's gonna be kind of funny how that works. Huh? Oh man, we love Michael. Michael's a good guy. Um, thank Brian Pitt. Thank Mor- Morton Gangso. Thank Chris Murray. Thank Jupiter Jazz. Jupiter. Thank Solus Sanctuary. Mixix Master John Jekyll. Joe Vasallo, Chris Steenerson, and David Smith. Everyone on that list is the bees knees. Yes. Well. Clearly, I have an affinity for the words bees, bees and, knees. and knees. You're all bees knees, so get over it. <laughs> <laughs> Call me mint jelly because I'm speaking a lot of weird words. Um, next episode, um, actually, I'm going to be out of town, so we have a special interview and mix. So, um, you know, we'll have some uh, previews out for that. The full interview is going to be on Patreon, so there's, there's, we'll have some stuff coming out uh, before the show comes out. But it's going to be mostly a mix of music and a cool developer interview. It was actually a lot of fun it to was, do, yeah. and I have a feeling that you really, guys will enjoy it as well. I was really excited that we got the whole, the whole team in it. So um, we teased that enough. So that'll be for next week. But for now, thanks for listening to the show, Rhythm and Pixels. My name is my name is Rob Nichols, <laughs> and my name is Pernell. Purnell, Purnell Pumper Nickel Jingleheimer Schmidt, mm. and that really tall dude. Pre-Nell. Pre-Nell! This Before th- the... Or Purnell like a cat. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. So many. So many. So many. Thanks for, thanks for listening and have a safe week. And remember, perseverance is a key. Take, that, take it like a button that's being matched to play Dolphin Blue. <laughs> Every hit... <laughs> It's going to just make you stronger. You'll get better. You'll get better. You'll do better. And eventually, whatever boss you're trying to topple will go down. Whatever feats you're trying to accomplish will be accomplished. And if those things don't happen, you'll get experience from attempting to do so. Can't find a date? Keep trying. Something will happen. Maybe your silver tongue will 
become more silver. Is that possible? I think it is. You just gotta level up. Gotta level up. Level up your silver tongue until it becomes a gold tongue. Uh, you know, those keyboarding programming skills, well, soon you could be, you go from being like a mild-mannered, you know, typist to a super-secret hackathoner. That's not even a real word, but I'm trying. It's so odd. Oh, um, a hackathon is a thing. A hackathon is a thing, but a hackathoner is a thing that is using a word that is not real. Ah. <laughs> but ultimately, the point is to keep trying to do the things you want to do. And if sometimes it requires you to look at it from a different angle or perspective to take another tackle on it, then make that your move. Because giving up, unless it's something you truly just don't have a desire to do anymore, is a fool's bet. Get that win, baby. And if you want to challenge me in Magical Drop 3, I'll take that challenge. I want to play. That's drop. Hey! Have mercy, Bray! I hope you don't mind.